Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Bagley. And today I am talking to Krista from Krista Marie Photography and also the She Calls Her Shots podcast. And we are talking all about a super sneaky little two minute trick that you can do to change the direction of your life and your business in no time flat. Now, when you listen, you're going to be like, um, that doesn't seem like that would do anything. Uh, yeah, no, it does. It does a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, no matter what your goals are in your life, you're definitely want, going to want to take part of this episode. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now, your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. Nicole here from Hair of the Dog podcast. We are back for another week. And this week, I am very excited to bring you a new guest we haven't had on the podcast before. We have Krista from Krista Marie Photography based out in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we are talking all about... Oh, well, we always talk about here. Some more secrets to our success. And uh, I know you guys are going to love this conversation. So Krista, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so thrilled to be here. Yay. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, before we dive into kind of these principles of success and, and some different uh, techniques people can use to propel their business forward, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and your photography business and how you got started in this whole crazy world. Yeah, definitely. It's been a journey. So I actually started my photography business while I was still in college back in Florida and didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. It just kind of felt like a really fun way to spend my weekends and my extra time and make a little bit of extra money. Um, and fast forward, my first year in, I mostly did I kind of started off in the weddings. I started second shooting for my roommate in college at the time. Actually, she had her own business. And fast forward a year later, I shot my first wedding. Didn't think I would ever be able to do it. And then was like, well, I guess I am going to do this for real. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, took on any sort of types of projects, like things for sororities or groups or events, started kind of just like branching out and seeing what really felt right. And at the time, weddings and engagements felt really good. Um, and then in 2014, I uh, relocated from Florida to California, kind of re had to restart my whole business, right. which is a whole conversation in itself, um, which you probably are uh -huh. also familiar with. Um, <laughs> and Still continue to do a lot of weddings and engagements. And in the last couple of years, have added in more branding photography. But then in 2020, as most photographers can probably relate to, also had that moment of, I think I want to do more. Like, what right. is it that I feel like I'm missing? So I also launched um, my own podcast and then also some one-on-one -on -one coaching. So awesome. that's been kind of my journey. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, um, I've never done weddings. I know a hundred percent that weddings are not for me. It's one of those things that it's like, Oh, people love them or it's like, no, no way. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and after 12 years now, I'm, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm, I'm still taking on some weddings, but very, mm -hmm. very few. And, yeah. um, branding is really fun. That's like a really oh, yeah. outlet for me. Um, and it's a lot less stressful than weddings. But it's so funny that you say that because I think like I take photos of my dogs all the time 
not very good ones and usually just on my cell phone. Um, so it's so funny because when I see people who do pet photography, I'm like, oh man, how, like, how do you get, <laughs> how do you do it? It seems like it's <laughs> magical art. So, you know, it's like everyone kind of has their own, their strength. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, there is some voodoo magic involved in that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it actually reminds me of a story back when I was in Pittsburgh and I needed an assistant. It was like a midday shoot in winter and there was snow on the ground. And it was the only time this client could do it. And usually it would be fine because it's cloudy 95% of the time in Pittsburgh in the winter. But this day had like bright, brilliant sun. I'm like, oh, I'm going to need an assistant because I need to use a light. And she was a family, toddler, baby photographer. And as I'm setting up this dog again and again and again, she's like, how how do you do this? I'm like, I don't know. How do you photograph babies? Like, this is why we all work. <laughs> it's so funny. Like you, there really is the specialty for everybody. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh. All right. So awesome. Yeah. So when you were kind of building that business and, and moving from market, you know, one market to another, kind of what went through your mind or were you worried about that move? Was it stressful? How did you keep all of those voices in the back of your head <laughs> from just eating you alive? Because they're very loud for all of us. <laughs> yes, they're so loud. And it's funny because what we're going to talk about today, creative visualization, I, there was a lot of that that happened without me really even knowing what it was at the time mm -hmm. um, when I wanted to move. Because the backstory on that was that I had grown up in Florida. I'd lived there my whole life and was very much ready for a move. Um, so California, the idea of moving felt in itself very expansive and like a very mm -hmm. positive thing. And so I had wanted it for so long that, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I got really caught up in the how and I would find myself getting really frustrated, feeling like it was never going to happen. I finally was like, I have to change this narrative in my head because mm -hmm. it's not gotten me anywhere. So um, I think I just got to the point where I was like, I need this to happen. What do I need to do? And so I, I stopped telling myself if this happens, like, you know, if this move. And I just was like, it was, you know, January, the perfect time of year, right? Everybody's setting new goals. And I was like, this is the year it's going to happen. I don't know how, but mm -hmm. I put it on my calendar, whatever it was. I, I said by December, whatever, like that I will be there yep. and put it on my calendar and was like, I'm going to change the narrative. I'm going to change the way I think about it. I, I took my dogs to the dog park and people would ask me like, oh, what do you do? And I would tell them, oh, I'm a wedding photographer. I'm moving to California. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah. In my head, I'm like, I had no idea of how that was going to happen. But I let myself start to just live in the possibility of this is happening. This is happening. And what it did is it opened me up for for ways for me to make it happen. So mm -hmm. I will say I was working full-time. So I had actually grown my business and worked full-time for about 10 years. So okay. I knew that I was likely yep. going to get a job and that was going to be the thing that was going to allow me to move. Still didn't know what job, didn't know how again, but I let myself just start believing in the possibility of what that was going to look like. And that inspired me to then, okay, well, what do I need to do? Well, I need to go home at night. I need to work on my resume. I need to apply for jobs. Like if this mm -hmm. is going to happen, I need to put in the work, you know? And so every day, literally every day I would come home, I would pour myself a glass of wine. I'd write cover letters. I'd apply for jobs. And in three months, reached out to a company. They flew me out for an interview. They offered me the job. And then like within six weeks after that, I made the move. And so it was like June, uh -huh. And I was there and I was just like, how did this happen? Um, 
And it felt kind of like this miraculous, how did this happen? But at the same time, it was like the first thing I had to do was like actually believe that it was possible, which Mm -hmm. then inspired me to take the action that I needed to take because if I just kept sitting back, no one was going to offer it to me. I had to put in the work to actually make it happen. And so, uh, but but I can tell you that the thing that changed that was first shifting my mind my mindset. I had I had to actually believe that it was possible because up until that point, it was just this big if like how could I ever do this? How could I make this happen? It felt so out of reach. And then I just had to tell myself like no, like yeah, we'll figure out the how. I just have to right. I have to set it into action. Yeah, it's it's amazing how the way we phrase questions to ourselves makes such a huge impact in the possible outcomes. So I usually like to say, you know, generally questions to start with why, why is this, why is that, like are usually as a general rule, not helpful. Usually how is more helpful, but in situations like this, when you're using the how, but it feels so completely overwhelming of just like, I don't, I I don't know how, if I knew how Mm -hmm. I would be doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think anytime we're asking ourselves questions and we feel just that like, Oh, just that heaviness around them. Is there another way that we can phrase it? You know, that you went from how can I do this to what do I need to do to do this, Mm -hmm. which is so much more empowering. And even if you don't have the 47,000 steps that you need to do before you move to California, like you at least know maybe one through three and you started doing them. Yeah. Yep. The first thing I needed to do is I needed to write cover letters and I needed to, you know, it's like I, And I had to get on calls with recruiters and talk through – like it was like I just – I knew I had to take one step after one step. And there were some times where it was like I'd get on these calls with certain jobs and I'm like, is this even enough money? California is expensive. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to just get on the call anyway, you know, and you just – you get the practice you need and you have the conversations you need. And yeah, I had no – you know, you kind of have – we like to plan. Uh And especially if like business owners, we like to plan, we like to have structure, but there's no way that you can plan for what the outlook is actually going to look like. So like you said, as long as you know that that next step, that first thing that you need to do, Mm -hmm. that's all you need to know. And so many times too, I feel like sometimes the the path that we take, it might feel like it's you know, not a straight oh, path. Yeah. I, I feel really strongly that most of that path, like it's there for a reason. Like you're getting these different experiences or these different little things. You just, you might not know how it's going to turn out and it might turn out totally different than what you originally envisioned, mm-hmm. but it's still there to serve us. The, your story about you moving to California reminds me, um, I lived in Florida for a while too. I grew up in Pittsburgh, but um, after my husband graduated from vet school, we were living in Orlando. I was working at... um uh, a large company run by a rodent, um, bird show there. (laughs) Yes. I was like, what? Oh yes. Yeah. A large company run by a rodent, um, in Orlando, uh, doing the bird show at, um, their animal park. And, um, you know, we were down there for a while and then I moved over and worked for, that was a contract position. I then moved over and worked for the mouse himself, uh, in their animal care department. And, it had gotten to the point where Orlando is very transient. So all of our friends would move and we're like, ah, oh. like, and all of our friends that left Pittsburgh after college were moving back to Pittsburgh. And we're like, oh, we kind of want to move back to Pittsburgh. And I kid you not, we had this conversation, my husband and I, and like a week or two later, I went to a conference and I was talking to somebody. I'm like, oh yeah, we might want to move back to Pittsburgh. And she's like, oh, 
well, the old contract company I work for is looking for someone to go run the program at the aviary in Pittsburgh. Go talk, you know, go talk to basically my old boss. So I did. He's like, oh, great. I'll put you in touch with the director at the aviary. And like, I came home from the conference and I'm like, I think I have a job in Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, I starting think I in like a way month. Back home. Yeah. You know, like, I, I wasn't really ready to move quite that soon, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it turned out that it was the best long-term move, even though I'm not working in the zoological field anymore. Like I wouldn't change any bit of that journey. So mm-hmm. yeah, you just have to be open. It is. And it's so amazing, right? It's like the, we have to just let ourselves be open to it. And it is, it is so interesting because we start to retrain, like the thing that I love about kind of creative visualization in general is like we, it's like going to the gym where the more, the more times you practice something, the more muscle you build around it, the easier and kind of the, the more natural it becomes. Mm-hmm. And when we start to train our minds to, to think in this way, right? Cause we so naturally gravitate towards negative thinking. We as humans right. were like programmed to survive. And that is, so we tend to go towards the negative thoughts, but when we can reprogram our brain to look more towards this possibility, this expansive space of what's possible, we start to find opportunities like this, right? Mm -hmm. Like you'll start to make connections with people. You'll hear something that they say a little bit differently because you're thinking about the possibilities of what can be. And sometimes it's like, there's these opportunities that we would totally miss out on if we weren't in the space to be able to fully hear them, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, that totally translates to business too, that there are so many opportunities, so many times, you know, students that I work with, and I'm sure yours too, that like just photographers in general, I feel like they often get in this, like, oh, I'm stuck. How do I get more clients? I can't find more clients. I need more clients. And they're just in this like place of just despair about finding mm-hmm. new clients where like a, a shift in that of like, okay, how can we, how can we find the people that are yeah. meant to work with me? Like there's yeah. opportunity everywhere, especially pet photographers. I mean, how many people have dogs now after the pandemic? I mean, everybody, <laughs> there's yes. so many opportunities out there. So what are some different ways or exercises you have um, to use this kind of creative visualization to help, help people take the next steps in their business? Yeah. Well, I think I love that example. And I'll touch on that just first really quickly is like exactly to your point is that instead of that question of, you know, needing to find clients, I feel like they're not out there is just knowing there are so many clients out there. Like my clients are out there. How can I put myself out there in the right places to find them? And when we start asking ourselves the right kinds of questions, Mm -hmm. our brain will start to naturally come across the answers, which I think is so great. But yeah, but with creative visualization, I like to keep it very simple. Because like I said, when I actually first kind of practiced this, I didn't even know that I was practicing it in like a quote unquote like terms. I just (laughs) got to the point that I was, I felt so, I don't want to use the word desperate, but I felt so desperate to to make this move that I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like I need to do in order to make this happen. And now I've learned, oh, there are actually like things that I didn't implemented that, that are helpful. Um, But like I said, I think the first thing is you have to, you have to first just fully believe in the possibility of what you can do. Like if you, if you don't believe that you are capable of doing something, you don't have to immediately believe that you're ready. And I think this is where some people get tripped up because it's Mm. like, well, you know, maybe I'm not ready for this yet. That's okay. But just believe that you are capable of figuring it out and getting there. You you have to believe in your ability to figure things out and to, to get there. Um, so any mindset work that you need to do first and foremost to really 
understand how capable you are as a human being Mm -hmm. is kind of number one. Um, And if you don't have it, borrow it from other people. Like find the people who do have it and borrow it from them. Yeah. Along those lines. I mean, that's definitely one of those things of people breaking like the the five minute mile or even the four minute mile. I don't know how fast they're running the mile these days, but for the longest time, they're like, oh, it can't be done. It can't be done. And then one person did it. And then it was like, boom, 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 boom. Everybody Mm -hmm. started doing it because, oh, it can be done. And one of the other hacks I love for this when you don't really quite believe it yet, you know, we talk about like affirmations and, you know, saying these things. And if you can't believe like I am whatever, I am a successful pet photographer. Like, what about saying I am becoming like mm-hmm. that you can believe the journey? So, yes. Yeah. So, okay, perfect. I love it. All right. Yeah. What was your second step there? Yeah. So I love, I love that. It's and understanding that it is a process and that you will continue mm-hmm. to grow. Um, I think the, another thing is really getting clear on who it is that you Whatever this goal is, whether it's a business goal, whether it's a move, whatever it is that you want to tackle, understanding who you want to be in those moments and starting to bridge that gap from who you are now to mm-hmm. who you want to be in the future. Because sometimes that person feels really far away and that can also keep our goals feeling really far away. So, and this is going to sound so silly. And this is the funny thing about mindset is sometimes the silliest things that feel like they take up no time and space are actually the things that when you practice them over and over again, actually make the biggest difference. So for example, when I was moving, um, I, or when I wanted to move and I just was trying to reprogram my brain to think about the positives and who I wanted to be when I got there, mm-hmm. I started to, in any situation that was unpleasant slash, you know, um, boring, I'll say. So for example, like the grocery store, right? Right. Like going to the grocery store after work, I usually was filled with all this stress from work and all this stuff and this, these things that I didn't want to think about. And so I would put in my headphones, I would put in some of my fit, like just inspirational favorite music. That's kind of like pumped Mm -hmm. me up. And I would think about, I would imagine myself, okay, this is me in California shopping for dinner. And I would like put myself Obviously, I was still in the same place, but I would mentally put myself in this place that I wanted to be in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what type of food am I going to make? Like, how am I going to eat? You know, and starting to like actually visualize like, who is this person that I want to be? How can I start kind of becoming her now? So, you know, that type of thing. Or if you're in a situation like you're waiting in line for something or whatever, it's like you can start to practice this. Okay, I'm going to kind of transport myself Mm -hmm. into this future version of me and how do I want to be? How do I want to show up? And who do I want to like be in that moment? And it sounds silly and it sounds like it doesn't make a difference. But when you you actually start to not only get the confidence that you actually are that person already and it doesn't need to take this big, massive transformation, you don't need to become this entirely new person. Uh, But it also starts to I just totally lost my train of thought. It helps you to it helps you to transform into into who you want to be but it it also just starts to to train your brain and reprogram your brain right. into thinking about again like the possibility. Mhm. Yeah, and it becomes more real and then like depending on how deep on the quantum level you want to get like it's it's attracting that energy which is attracting that future outcome and that future Absolutely. physical place. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love to get, I never know. I'm like, I'm, I get, I like to get a little woo. I like I, that little bit oh, we'll of the woo, right but, in here. We'll but it's also, right oh, great. Cause I, mean, I feel like there is, there is so much to that, right? It's this, yeah. like the, the energy that you put out there and the energy that you attract. Mm-hmm. I 1000% believe in that. But I also believe there are a lot of 
practical, tactical things mm-hmm. that are attached to it that also help, you know, like I said, it's not, it'd be great if you could just sit back and be like, I'm going to manifest all the great things and then right. don't do yeah. anything. And then yeah. it all happens. That'd be great. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And, you know, as you're talking about that too, it makes me think of like inspired action. And when you start to put yourself in these just mental spots of, you know, thinking about the goals in your business or your personal life or whatever it is. And then maybe you're walking the dog or maybe you're in the shower and you just get this like random shot of inspiration of like, oh, what about if I tried that for marketing? Oh, what about mm-hmm. if I offered this in my business? Like that's not random. <laughs> Those are yeah. actual, like <laughs> basically a note from the universe saying, hey, that thing you want, this is what you should do. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And it's so it's, funny because yeah. I had listened to so many like marketing, selling courses, uh-huh. all these things, podcasts, and like all of that is great. But I I found myself getting so overwhelmed by feeling like I needed to do what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. My most creative, this is what I want to do. This would be a great way of creatively expanding my business happened when I was taking a bath, like in yep. the shower, going for walks, right? It, not listening to anything uh-huh. and just sitting with myself. And so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you'll, those, those things are not just these random brainwaves. You're letting yourself slow down and actually kind of listen to your own intuition of mm-hmm. what do I feel like would feel really aligned and mm-hmm. like good for me. Yeah. And I feel like there's a fine line too of, you know, knowing that it's the right path because generally it gives you more energy. It feels expansive. Like you're yes. like kind of leaning into it where maybe if it's the wrong path, you kind of like just have this like, like a chore resistance. Yeah. And you have like, I, I get like a physical resistance slightly in my body mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, like it feels tightening, but there's a lot of people out there that might be like, Oh, I get this flash of inspiration that I need to do this in my business, but maybe that thing might be slightly scary and slightly outside of their comfort zone. And so then then that outside of the comfort zone is like, oh, but this is scary. And then they'll be like, oh, see, no, my intuition said I shouldn't do it. We're not saying that. <laughs> yes. It's a different, it is a different uh-huh. feeling. You will feel the resistance. The resistance is the same feeling that I get when I need to do my bookkeeping each month. And I'm like, right. I really don't want to do this. It's this like dread of like, oh, I don't want to do this. Whereas the, I love it when people talk about the, because the fear of doing something scary can be also translated as excitement. It just like Mm -hmm. is depending on how we look at it, right? It's like, well, this does feel really scary and out of my comfort zone, but also really exciting. There's so much possibility here. But it takes going that extra step and like actually figuring out, is this actual resistance? Like, I really don't feel like this is good and in alignment for me. Or is it, oh, this is scary and think about, the possibility right. of where it but, could go. But it's, yeah, maybe it's like, this is scary, but is the potential outcome more mm-hmm. exciting than the scary, you know? Exactly. And then, then it's probably worth it. So go talk to people, everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, I just had a good thought and it went away. That's right. It'll come back. It'll come <laughs> back. Okay. It's all good. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I was actually going to kind of a follow up to that when we were talking about goals and things uh-huh. like that. Because I think one thing that I know that I got stuck in a lot, I actually was just at a conference this past weekend. It was amazing. There was incredible speakers. Like most conferences, you walk away, you're like really pumped up and jazzed right? and you have all these ideas and brainwaves. But but one thing that I, I did kind of reflect and realize that I have felt a lot in growing my business, which listeners might be able to relate to, is 
a lot of the times we'll kind of set these goals and these these business things that we want to do or these ideas and and they're kind of just because we feel like we should. And I think right. sometimes we we really don't notice when it's happening. Like I feel like I didn't notice this for a while, but for example, when I was starting my coaching business, obviously it felt really terrifying, really scary. And I had worked with a coach before and I had seen different ways that people were doing it, but I kind of already from the get-go put myself in this bubble of, well, this is what I've seen. This is what I know. Mm -hmm. And so this is how I'm going to grow my business. And without even realizing it, I was putting myself in this box of who I was going to be. And I... I didn't realize until this past weekend and listening to these speakers and I was like, oh man, we do this so much in business where we do something because we feel like we should, we feel like it's the right next step. And we start to kind of look outside of us to see how other people are doing it. And we're, we put our, we, we close off all these other opportunities of ways that we could be able to do it different because we don't right. see it happening. And we just kind of follow the steps of what we know. And all of a sudden, it's like why you you start to realize this doesn't feel like I thought it would. Like this doesn't mm-hmm. feel maybe as aligned as I was hoping mm-hmm. it was going to feel. But we don't realize it. It's because we've like we've taken all of the creativity out of it and we've just followed this path that we've naturally set ourselves up for. So I think it's really important when thinking about your goals is asking yourself kind of, have I put myself in this box of like, this is how it has to be done. This is how I see other people doing it. Or have right. we really sat and like really looked inside and asked herself, like, why is this important to me? And like, how, how do I want to do it? Yeah, no, I think that's a great thing. Well, even when it, uh, uh, like equates to learning a craft of photography or your business is like at the very beginning too, when you're new to business or new to photography, like we don't know all the different ways. So it is very Mm -hmm. much of a, okay, I need education. Like I need to know, give me your tactics, give me this. And like, and it's a little bit of us like trying those things and following these recipes or, you know, things like that. But then you start to get a little bit of confidence and a little bit of experience. And then you're able to start to really dial that in and be like, and start to question the, okay, Mm -hmm. is there a better way for me to do this? Because Mm -hmm. I see this all the time too, where I could give two photographers in similar markets, heck, the same market, the same marketing plan, and one of them will do it well and one of them will not because it's not aligned for somebody where it's like playing to the strengths of somebody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, so many of my students like just want to know like, what's the one thing? Like, give me the secret, the secret thing. And there is no there secret is thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the secret thing is to believe that it's possible and to... Like we just get quiet with ourselves and and have a starting point of some ideas, but then asking mm-hmm. ourselves like, all right, which which one feels most aligned to how yeah. I want to live my life and run my business? You know, I just had somebody on the podcast, uh, one of my students uh, last month. She had her first twenty thousand dollar month um, running her business without phone calls because she has like a son that she takes care of at home with special needs and these other things. So she's built her business around the life that she wants to live and has non-negotiables that other photographers don't, that Mm -hmm. she runs a super successful business. Like, yeah, we can all do things how we want to do them. If we have the confidence and listening to ourselves and, and the energy of believing possible. 
Yeah. I mean, and especially like to this point, like playing to your strengths. If for some people they might love, they might be very extroverted and they may, you know, they may feel a lot of stress with online stuff or having to build Mm -hmm. that out. People could build a very successful business going to their community events, like starting Mm -hmm. off there, talking with people, building in-person relationships. For other people who are introverts, they may look at that and see someone who's built a successful business and think, oh, well, does it mean I have to do that? No, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. You can use your strengths to do it in the way that you do it. But yeah, it's really, it's again, like you said, it's coming back to that confidence of knowing that I can build this in a way that feels right for me and it doesn't have to look like somebody else. And it might take a little bit longer than I think it will, but it doesn't mean that it's not working. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where like we can get really held up in, well, especially in marketing nowadays, it's like, oh, you know, like I imagine she has built her business over time to create this Mm -hmm. amazing financial progress that she's made. Right. right? Yeah. But I think when we, when we believe this narrative of like, oh, it's going to be six months, I'm going to make all this money. It's like, well, Says who? Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And I, human nature, you're saying it's human nature to look at the negative. It's also human nature not to notice any of the strides that we've taken and the progress yeah, we've the made. progress. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like our, our brains are wired to look at the gap of how much we haven't done and how much mm-hmm. more there is to do and how far behind we are and why that means we're never going to be successful <laughs> rather yes. than, oh, look what, look how far I've come. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, one of the things I love about, so starting to practice creative visualization, there's such simple ways to do it. Like the practical things that we talked about earlier, but even just setting aside to think about, you know, what are the things that are important to me? What are the things that I want to do? And when you start to train your brain to just like quiet itself, to really think about this, think about where you want to go, where you want to be to that point exactly is you start to kind of naturally celebrate your successes a little bit more in your day-to-day life because you're already programming and training your brain Mm -hmm. to think about where you want to go and the things that you want to do. And when you can stop to ask yourself, okay, this is the person I want to be. And kind of going back to what we talked about earlier. Okay, well, how can I start being her today? Mm -hmm. And then you start showing up as her today and you'll naturally start to celebrate those things more because you're looking for them. But Mm -hmm. so often we just don't, we don't look for any of those things. We're always looking for the like, how is this going to grow? How is this going to work? But when you start to think about things differently and ask yourself different questions, you actually start to notice mm-hmm. these things more because you're actually like tuned in to seeing them. Yeah. It's just like a gratitude practice. You know, yeah. that if we, if we take, that's what I tell everybody. And when it's like in a funk, I'm like, sit down, write down 30 things you're thankful for. Boom. Like impossible to be in a funk anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Your perspective completely Mm -hmm. shifts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I realized too, as we're talking about this, that we never actually kind of defined creative visualization. I'm wondering if there's people out there that are still like, what is this creative visualization that they're talking about? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You want to let us know? (laughs) Yeah. So the non, the way that I just like talk about it in general to make it not complicated is it is this practice of sitting and imagining who who is it that I want to be and where do I want to go? What are the mm-hmm. goals? What are the things that I that I want to do? And again, it's kind of just reprogramming to not think about the negatives quite as often because we are so used to that. The sciencey things, which I won't really go too far into because I am not a scientist, but the the science behind it, and you can look it up, creative visualization, they've used it in all sorts of practices. But it's just this idea that the there are neural pathways in our brain. And the more that we practice certain things, the stronger those neural pathways become. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I said earlier, the more times that you practice something, the more habit 
kind of that you build around it, the stronger the pathways become. So when we focus on things like worrying, fear-based thoughts, right, there are certain neural pathways and things that will be activated in our brain. Whereas when we can start to retrain our brain to, again, think about things like creative visualization and sitting and doing that, we, we're going to strengthen that part of our brain instead. Mm-hmm. So that's a very non-sciencey science description. You can look it up. Um, they'll explain <laughs> it a lot more. But but it is actually changing our, mm-hmm. our brain. Mm-hmm. Like we are actually actively changing the way that our, um, our brain functions. And I think that's the most incredible part about this is sometimes it's easy to kind of just like think about this as, oh, I should do this. I don't, you know, it's not important. Is it really important to take a couple minutes each day? And the answer mm-hmm. is it is because that's mm-hmm. going to be the way that you're going to actually make real change. Yeah. Do you have kind of a process for your daily practice? Like if somebody wanted to make that a habit, do you have any yeah. advice? So I'd say the first the first thing I like to tell people, because when this feels new, it yeah. feels like, it's like, where do I start? What do I think about? And how and am, it's I kind doing, of, am I doing this wrong? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, and I realize because it's, it. if you're anything like me, like I also, I love structure. I love mm-hmm. when someone tells me, this is how you do it. This is where you start. This is how you think about it. And the downside to this is that there is, there is no, but right. that being said, I also understand that as you do it more, it'll start to become more natural and you can kind of start to think about it. So the the way that I like to introduce it for someone who's not familiar with it, the thing that I would suggest doing is there's this thing called habit stacking. If you've read Atomic Habits, they talk about mm-hmm. this a lot in the book, but it's really just finding, okay, what is something that I do every day for a couple minutes? Maybe it's like putting on makeup, making coffee, whatever it is that you do every day. Maybe you put a sticky note up somewhere. Maybe you set a reminder in that place where you're going to be to start this practice. So that way you're able to do it consistently, even if you only do it once in the day. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to start. And the thing that I like to start with is really just, let's just start by asking ourselves, what's one thing that I'm excited for in the future? I think this is a really easy question because it starts to at least open us up to this question, like this bigger question of, you know, what do I want to be? What do I want to be doing? I think for some people in the very beginning, that question feels too far and a little bit too scary and a little bit too hard to think about. So just start by asking yourself, okay, what's one thing I can do every day and start this practice of maybe one to two minutes of thinking about what's something I'm excited about. So maybe maybe you are going to be traveling to a new city to do a portrait session, or maybe you have something that you're looking forward to that, that feels like this fun, exciting opportunity. Start to think about and picture yourself, like close your eyes if you can. Imagine what it's going to feel like to be driving there. Like what kind of things, what kind of scenery are you going to be seeing? What's it going to feel like to actually, what's the weather going to be like? Mm -hmm. Like start to really picture. And I think for some people they're like, well, but I don't know. And I'm like, but that's the whole point (laughs) is that you don't have to know is it? you kind of start to create this reality of what it is that you want to It's like when you're reading a book and you're like creating the character, you'd probably done this. You read the book, you create the character and then you see the movie. You're like, this is not how I pictured it. This is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so and it's and again, I think it's just giving yourself the grace of understanding that this is a growth process and just start just just start with this one thing. Ask yourself this one thing. Start to get your brain kind of warming up to this idea of you visualizing things. And I actually realized recently, I didn't realize that I am a very visual person in the sense that I can close my eyes and mm-hmm. think about something and see it very vividly. Mm-hmm. I actually just became aware of the fact that not everybody is like that. I right. think I 
took it for granted and I just thought that everyone could do that. So also understand that you might sit down to do this and be like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. So give yourself some grace if that is the case. I don't I think that it can still be a practice again that you can build over time, but but give yourself grace on how it feels. It may not feel comfortable. It might not it might feel a little clunky in the beginning, but just starting the practice well, is great. Yeah, and I would I was literally our brainwaves right here because I was literally just gonna dive into that same thing. That I would imagine it's also very effective if you are a writer versus like visualization yes. just to sit down and be like, today is whatever day and I just mm-hmm. moved to California, blah, blah, blah. And you just Absolutely. let it flow and let it write. Or if somebody's very, um, you know, just like more on the feeling, like, can you transport yourself to that and feel that feeling? Because mm-hmm. those feelings that we get from the visualization, from the writing, from the feeling is really what is driving us there yes, um, and absolutely. pulling that reality towards us. And then sometimes too, this might sound a little crazy, but like, if you're like, we've now known that we need to ask better questions, but if you're like, I don't even know what question to ask, dude, ask yourself before you go to sleep. I've answered so many questions in my life. Like before I go to sleep, I'm like, Hey, Hey, subconscious mind. I need to know X, Y, Z. Can you tell me like nine times out of 10, like I'll wake up in the morning and be like, Oh, Where'd that? Oh, wait, that's the thought. Oh, where's a piece of paper? (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. And I like I've I so I've recently started digging more into the subconscious. Like we won't go too far into that, but I'm like I'm I feel like now I've kind of gotten to the point where I am. I'm digging into that more. It is it is so incredible. And I think we just downplay how incredibly capable Mm -hmm. our brains are. Like we really Mm -hmm. truly, I truly think that we, well, and there's, there's a, there's a study that says we only, as humans, we only access like a certain percentage of our brain, which is also astonishing because it's already so amazing and we're not even accessing all of it. And so, yeah, like digging into that and just starting to understand that again, it all goes back to like, we are so capable. We are so capable Mm -hmm. of doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And just the the processing power of our brain, like the conscious side and the subconscious side, it's it's just incredible. And when you ask it these questions, like it has to look for the answers. Like there is mm-hmm. no other option. So depending what questions you're feeding it will 100% determine like the direction that your feelings, that your life, that your thoughts, that your business go. So mm-hmm. it's just so important to to just be asking it those good questions and, and having that goal in mind. I mean, how many people do you talk to that you're like, Hey, what are your goals? You're like, ah, I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't created them. I'm not Uh sure. Like I, like it was to go to the gym, but now it's February and I don't, so I don't have any. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because that brings me to another thing I want to talk about, which is really figuring out like, what is your deeper why? Kind of going back to Mm -hmm. when we talked about earlier about following this path because it felt like the thing that you should do and putting ourselves in a box. It's the same things with our goals where I feel like our goal might feel like a deep goal and you might say it to someone and they might say, wow, yeah, that's a great goal. But when it comes down to it, it might not be deep enough to keep Mm. you going when things feel hard. And I know I've run into this a lot, right? Like as as a coach, as a photographer, I'll have this goal that looks really nice and you tell people and they're like, oh, wow, that sounds so great and impactful. But the reality is, is that when things get tough, 
and we don't want to show up and we feel like we want to throw in the towel and give up. And then we look at that goal that everybody loves. It doesn't resonate on us on a deep enough level to be like, this is why I show up. This is why I do what I do. And a lot of times when I talk with clients or anyone, it's they have this goal that feels like it's deep, but it's not actually the deepest level of what they really need to continue to show up. And it's hard because the best way to do that is you have to get really comfortable sitting with yourself and figuring out what mm-hmm. is it? Like, wh- why am I doing this? What is my purpose? Why do I want to keep showing up? Because it's really easy to be like, I love to make people happy and provide these memories for them. And it's right. and that's all great and wonderful. But when business, for lack of a better word, when it feels like it sucks, it's like right. – that's not going to be the thing that's going to help you really keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm making this up, but it's like seven levels basically of why before you ever get anywhere near like the actual mm-hmm. reason why you're doing what you're doing or your life. Absolutely. Goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we feel a little bit ashamed because I think when it gets down to it, some people, you know, they don't want to say I'm doing this for money, right? Like right. maybe your deep goal is I want to be able to support my family. I want to be able to mm-hmm. be the person who earns enough and can take us on vacations. And depending on your money mindset, that right. may feel really icky and you don't want to tell people that. And right. then we create all the shame and guilt and it's uh-huh. like there is nothing wrong with that being the thing that drives you forward. You have to like just learn to accept this is important to me and this is why I do what I do. But we we create all these other feelings around mm-hmm what's okay and what's not okay. And then we end up not honoring the deeper thing that we actually want out of life. Yeah. So yeah, it's absolutely. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause so many things where, st- where you spend a whole lifetime of teachers and parents and society telling us what's acceptable and what's not. I mean, how many people when they wanted to pursue photography were like, well, that's great hobby, but what are you going to do for real for work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like it's just, all of these things. And one of the ways that I believe you can start to to find that purpose and that path is by following the things you're interested in. Like, mm-hmm. like if you're interested in it, there's a reason. Like, I'm probably never going to be a dancer because it's not something that's like, oh, I'm really interested by that ballet. Like, oh, I'm interested in the fact that anyone can do that. I'm like, that is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like, there's... You, you just follow these little paths and turn over these little leaves. And pretty soon you look mm-hmm. back and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? But this is exactly where I need to be. Yeah. And I also, something that was really important, which I don't I don't know if a lot of people, I assume a lot of people will be able to re- relate to, but I know I felt a lot of fear around because I was working full-time while also growing my business. And I did feel a lot of time this pressure from other people. Oh, well, you're not really a real business owner mm-hmm. unless you do mm-hmm. it full-time. And I think along those same lines of figuring out, exploring these different avenues, following the things that you want to do and letting go of the, I have to do it in this certain way. Like you don't have to leave your job and quit Mm -hmm. and do photography full time. And like that, like sometimes I think we get caught in these feelings of, well, I feel like I have to do this. I have to make the leap. I mean, eventually, yes, you will get to a point where, okay, you know, it might still feel a little scary, but but you're not doing it from a place of people have told me I need to do this and so mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. If you want to work p- part-time, if you have something else that you do on the side, like keep doing that and let yourself explore and do the other things and don't believe any of the other voices that are like you again, you don't have to do it this one certain way in order to be a legitimate 
business right, owner. I right. grew my business for 10 years while working full time and I was still uh-huh. just as legitimate then as I am now. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Before we wrap this up, I want to leave our listeners with a a challenge per se of um, what should we challenge them to do to spend like, I don't know, how many days does it take to make a habit? Should we oh, encourage them to yeah. do like 14 or 21 days or maybe the next month? Like until mm-hmm. this is going to air mid-November. So until Christmas, yep. like can you take how much time a day, even if they don't have time, if they can take like a minute? Literally a minute or two minutes is all you need. Yeah. And the thing you'll notice is like all of your subconscious thoughts would be like, that. it's only a minute or two. It doesn't make a difference, like, yeah, this right? So what like, are you doing? This doesn't do anything. Yes. Uh-huh. So thought, like challenge number one is to quiet those thoughts. And then uh-huh. challenge number two is, yeah, find two minutes something that you do on a day-to-day basis where you can set a little reminder for yourself, whether it's a post-it or, or what it is, and ask yourself one good question. And it can be, what am I really excited about? What am I looking forward to? Mm-hmm. Where do I want to be this time next month? Asking yourself something mm-hmm. expansive. One question, two minutes for a month. Yep. Yeah, and either visualize so much it change. or grab that pen and a little journal and exactly. write it down. Yeah. Or if you're odd, if, if you yeah, if you like to listen to things, record I've also done this. Record mm. yourself saying these things and then mm-hmm. listen to them back and listen to yourself saying them. It's so powerful. Yeah, that's so powerful. Oh my gosh. This has been so good. I could talk about this stuff. I know. (laughs) Me too. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Um, If you guys want to hear more from Krista, she has a podcast called She Calls Her Shots uh, podcast. So definitely look for her there. Krista, where else can people find uh, find you on the web if they want to connect? Yeah. So I'm also on Instagram. Um, You can find me at Krista with a K dot Marie dot photography. And uh, that's, that's going to be the the place where you'll see me and like, please send me a DM. I, 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 I am a real person that answers and talks to people and all of that. So yeah, I would love to connect. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Thank you again so much for being here. Uh, We loved having you and um, I can't wait to just hear about what you guys are all visualizing out there. Please let us know if you found this impactful and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This was episode number 166. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 166. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing. If you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community.